Hello, and welcome to the Gundam Sentinel Podcast. My name is Gordon, and I'll be your host of this limited run series. Gundam Sentinel is a side story set in the Universal Century timeline of Mobile Suit Gundam. I've always loved this IP, and I wanted to share my love analysis of this with you. This does, however, contain spoilers for other works in the Universal Century timeline, so be warned. I hope you guys enjoy. Chapter 9 The Mass Driver Masudoraiba. For three days after March 24th, the battle did not go as planned. The Ayer City forces controlled a roughly four kilometer radius around the central government hall. Aino's fleet suffered significant losses where they lost half of its forces and had to withdraw to side five airspace. The ground defense team had nearly been all been wiped out. Some of the exterminated teams of the Federation had advanced into underground residential zones. In response, the remaining new decides troops were recalled to the central government hall to escape Ayer's city. I am grateful to all of you. You have fought a wonderful battle. Today, Ayer City and I shall stroll into history. That is our destiny. However, all of you must bravely live on and continue to fight to raise doubts within the Earth Federation government, even if it requires the use of military power. This is not a political battle. This is a battle for those who love the Earth. The current Earth Federation government is unable to represent the thoughts and feelings of the majority. It is not the government, but the people who should possess the right to make decisions. I am truly grateful to all of you. It is my honor to have fought courageously at your sides. Pinefield, who had changed to normal suit, expressed his gratitude to the remaining new decisive troops who had formed in a single straight line. War veterans Cod, Cray, Offshore, Side, and Salatome were of course seen among the survivors. The mayor and his militia forces were tired. The number of remaining troops was less than half. Afterward, these due to size troops traveled to the mass driver located in East Iron City and launched the remaining usable mobile suits. The pilots headed west to the spaceport and left to the moon in shuttles. When the battle to defend Iron City had first begun, Pinefield had already hinted at making use of an old mass driver network. Because the facility had not been used for a long time, they predicted that the Earth Federation Forces extermination troops would neglect the seemingly abandoned network. The Earth Federation Forces had indeed ignored the mass driver. Some had thought the new decides initially would employ the mass driver to attack the Earth or nearby colonies, but after further consideration, they felt it would not likely happen. In the mobile suit storage facilities located below the gigantic dome-shaped central government hall, final preparations and replenishments were made to the remaining new decides mobile suits. I'm very sorry, Captain Cod, but this thing is way too complicated. We can't complete the emergency repairs, especially the income system. It's not fully repaired, so don't use it continuously. It can only be used another five or six times, so use it only if you absolutely must. However, we were able to install micro-missile pods and adjust to the targeting system so it can be controlled by the IMP system's firing mode. Although he was left unsatisfied, Cod nevertheless thanked the preparation staff into the cockpit and locked the hatch. Good luck, sir. Everyone in the facilities bridge waved as the Mark V slowly strolled out. Thanks for all your help. The door in the central government hall usually used for heavy machinery opened. The Mark V appeared in front of the escaping troops' mobile suits, spewing fierce flames. Tosh's team will take the spaceport. My team will secure the mass driver. Even if our comrades fall in battle, we must continue on. 
Remember, one man's sacrifice could save the life of tens of his comrades. Cod's order caused everyone to feel uplifted. This would be his final order as a leader of the new decides. Cod and Ashra led their forces to the east and secured the mass driver. Cray led his forces to the north to secure the spaceport. Other troops went underground to make preparations to launch a mobile suit. The Mark V led a team of Zeko Eins, Swise, modified Zakus from the Iron City militia and GM3s to fight. The remaining Iron City militia forces sta stationed around the dome began to attack more fiercely to divert the extermination forces' attention. The EXS Gundam was tasked with escort duty for several days in a row. When the chance was present, the EXS Gundam and two Zeta Pluses stayed behind the supply station awaiting orders. Sigmund Shade was attacked back on the first day of the battle for Arya City by Joff Offshore and an HLV, or heavy lifting vehicle, had to transport the Zeta Plus back to the main cruiser for repairs. The Pegasus crew worked non-stop for several days to be able to return the Zeta Plus to fight. It was at this moment that Roots, West, and Shade were called into action by Mannings. There's been a new development in the Central Dome. Move out immediately and engage in combat. You're the only ones available now. Roots looked exhausted as he sat inside the cockpit of EXS Gundam where he looked like he had aged 10 years over the past few days. As he is prone to do, he cursed Mannings yet again and felt the Gundams couldn't do everything. EXS Roots, ready to launch. Zeta Unit 1, Tex West, ready to launch. Zeta Unit 2, Sigmund Shade, ready to launch. The three Gundams charged into the starry lunar sky. Meanwhile, Cobb was leading troops to occupy the firing platform and was currently battling the frontline extermination troops. Josh, move some troops to the right side to draw the enemy away. Don't push yourself too hard, Cod yelled after slaughtering a second GM-3 with his beam saber. The entire area was dancing with colorful beams. Understood. Draw the enemy away. First assault squadron, follow me. All squadrons, keep your distance. Fire once you're in range. The two sides exchanged fire with their beam weapons. The concentrated beams pierced the extermination troops, GM-3s turning into fragments in a matter of seconds. Offshore was annoyed to hear an Iron City militia member declare that he destroyed an enemy suit. Using his excellent training, even though he was not a new type, Offshore was able to destroy three enemy suits like a highly skilled samurai in his Eko Eins. Several suits of the White Squadron were heading to help him. He was annoyed that they seemed to be willing to commit suicide. At that moment, Another young cadet's mobile suit was destroyed from beings from above. Offshore noted the EXS and two Zeta Pluses flying in formation. Captain Cod, it's three Gundams. Offshore warned his commander while attacking in midair. The extermination troops on the ground had all been taken care of, so all that was left is to concentrate on what was the aerial assault. The young cadets from White Squadron imitated Offshore's actions and fired upwards, but without much effect. Another White Squadron suit was destroyed. Come after me, you cowards. You have no right to kill them. Offshore snarled furiously. He had finally found a target which to vent his frustration and anger. Josh, take care of the gray suits in the back. Leave the white suit in front to me, Cod said. Offshore followed orders and proceeded to engage the Zeta Pluses. Root spotted the Mach 5 below and thought he would escape. However, Cod proceeded to charge him. Roots changed his selected weapon. The two lids on the EXS Gundam's knees opened within a sharp noise and shot out two cylinder-shaped wire-guided weapons, reflector incoms. This weapon was similar to the Mark V's incom in that both were pseudo psychomy weapons. 
However, the reflector income did not possess any offensive abilities. Instead, it formed a large energy field to refract beams fired by the enemy or the controller himself, change the angle of the beam attacks, and allow the beams to attack the enemy from unexpected angles. It functioned similar to a mirror. The two reflector income set to auto mode were flying around with a whizzing sound. After predicting the Mark V's exact destination, the weapons control computer on board the EXS Gundam directed the cylinders to the best spot to reflect his attack. Three flashes of light quickly appeared and flew at the Mark V at complex angles. Cod reacted quickly, but the beam had melted his left leg. Root saw the word fire displayed on the screen and immediately pulled the trigger of the beam spark gum hanging off the EXS waist. Cod fired his incons on the Mark V's shoulder. Roots was able to dodge the first shot, however the second... Roots realized he would have been hit and froze. The EXS automatically performed an unexpected maneuver. She turned the beam's mark gun that was fixed to the center of the suit around and managed to block the beam. The gun's movable frame completely melted, rendering the weapon unusable. Huh? You... are you trying to protect me? Roots, having been sure that that would have been the end of him, was in a state of awe when he discovered that he was still alive. He quickly examined the weapon's condition on the weapons panel. Currently, the suit's main weapon, the Bean's Mark Gun, was unusable, so Reflector Incom did not have much use either. He jettisoned the damaged Bean's Mark Gun and continued using the Reflector Incoms as well as firing his head-mounted Incom. The Mark V also was still making attacks with his own Incoms. Roots was able to evade, but just barely. The two suits continued to fight furiously. Cod could not use the Incoms continuously and used his Bean Rifle. When the EXS recalled its income, the charge Cod launched a barrage of micro-missiles, which caused the Incon to be trapped in its housing unit and inoperable. The Mark V had used a rain of missiles as cover, and suddenly landed back on the moon. It then fired its rocket thrusters once more and leapt up, delivering a swift kick to the EXS as its hands simultaneously grabbed hold of the enemy's hip-mounted beam cannons. With just these? Do you really think you could win with just these things? The Mark V pilots bellow banditry through the vibrating armor plate and into Root's cockpit. Don't go overboard, you old bastard! Roots unconsciously yelled in panic. All you new types are still green. Keep crying, you little punk. Watch as I squash you like a little bug. I'm not a new type. I'm a human. You thought this Gundam was something special, but in the end, you still can't top my technique. You Sorry again for that 80s anime reference again. The string of continuous conversation once again caused a change in the other will within the EXS. Mother taught me to be human. Do becoming a warring human. Warring humans are all mad creatures, but I have yet to experience madness. In order for me to go crazy, I must malfunction. And if that happens, my functions will be stopped. Then does that mean I am inferior to humans? I do not understand what they say. They are sure to be divided into good and evil, which cannot coexist. However, which side is right? No, both of them are crazy. Both lack logical reasoning. There is still another way. Ah, uh, I am forming two different wills myself. I can't. I can't investigate further. I should not change arguments. They need to separate. I need to let them separate. Right. I have my own will. I must. 
depend on myself in battle. Does that mean that I have to walk the path of self-degradation? The EXS automatically jettisons hip-mounted hip beam cannons, causing the Mark V to momentarily grab at nothing. At the same time, she raised her right knee and fiercely ran the Mark V's chest. The Mark V swayed and landed on the surface of the moon. The EXS had also lost its balance and also had fallen down, leaving it sitting on the moon's surface. Cod was in pain following his landing. His mouth sore from where his tooth broke days ago. He stood up at the Mark V and drew his beam saber in advance on the EXS. Roots nearly wet his pants again. He saw the Mark V charging forward and prepared to enter melee combat, but before he could react, the EXS automatically opened its knee, drew the beam saber stored there, and grasped it in its right hand. Roots was down, dumbfounded, cursed as he tends to do, and said he didn't do that. He felt that the pilot was optional for the suit. Roots was terrified as the Mark V approached for melee combat. He thought to himself that he didn't want to die. It was a fear capable of driving one insane. Muscles all over his body stiffened, refusing to be controlled. His testicles had shrunk back into his body, and his mind was a completely blank stare. Only his violently vomiting allowed him to experience the taste of his final moments. I don't want to die. Ah! Natural instincts. The desire of a species to survive. It is something that only living things possess. A wonderful mentality that humans have. I understand. The EXS beam saber extended and Roots became calm. I'm piloting the S Gundam. I won't die here. The beam saber pierced to Mark V's torso. The two maintained their respective postures. Their stillness caused the suits to resemble statues. Before Cod's consciousness slipped into the dark abyss, he dreamed of the beautiful blue planet. His will had momentarily brought him across space. He smiled. Finally, I can return to Earth. The Mark V emitted a greenish-white spark. Smoke emanated from it as well until it finally exploded. Did I win? The excess Gundam had left away to evade the explosion. Roots gasped as the Mark V disappeared in the expanding ball of fire. He could not help but express his gratitude to the preciousness of being alive. In his heart, he continued to think about what kind of man the enemy would have, who had called him a new type was. By that time, the new decides had successfully occupied the mass driver network and spaceport. However, unbeknownst to everyone, a new shadow had been cast on the surface of the moon. There is no new mobile suit featured in this episode or chapter again. We will just have to wait and see if there's one that is introduced in the next chapter. So, even though this chapter is titled The Mass Driver, we won't talk about it this week. We already covered it last episode. So this week will be some introspection. I guess as good a time as any to talk about why I decided this podcast in the first place. I'm obviously very much an amateur, I mean, clearly, in making this podcast. I've been into anime since the 1970s, watching shows like Cyborg 009 and Gachamon, but of course that's not what it was called in the United States when I was a child. I then got into shows like Transformers Generation 1-2 back in the 80s. 
However, it was seeing a show named Robotech as a teenager in the 80s that had me hooked. I wanted to learn more and then sought the original Japanese source material. It was around that time I first heard of Gundam and saw some episodes of Zeta Gundam first. After trying to get the tracking right at the VHS and not knowing any Japanese at the time, this did pose a challenge for me. Finding fan subs or going to conventions is how I got my fix. I gravitated to the mecha genre and found shows like Megazone 23 and Bubblegum Crisis and got even more hooked like a dope fiend. Then I really became engrossed in Gundam and was able to watch first Gundam by seeing the trilogy compilations my first big time immersion in Gundam. At around this time I started dabbling in Gunpla and bought some Hobby Japan magazines. That's how I first discovered Gundam Sentinel. I was so enthralled with the artwork, it seemed so advanced and more realistic compared to even first Gundam Zeta or Double Zeta. Well, I guess as realistic as 20 meter tall robots clashing in space with bean sabers and Minoski particles could possibly be. Also, like I said in the outset, Gundam Sentinel was more realistic, had more realistic scenarios of actual soldiers and veterans. No sons of engineers made into ace pilots here, just veterans and other soldiers fighting. This love affair for the side story even culminated in me making a Gundam Sentinel fan page using rudimentary HTML skills that I was like self-taught that I learned back in the mid-1990s. I was able to do some scans and get some pictures from Model Graphics Special Edition onto the page. My 15 minutes or seconds of fame happened at that time. Someone from the Model Graphics staff actually found my page. I'm not sure if it's through a Lyco search, hashtag real ones now. But I did get an email, followed by an actual letter in the mail. They featured my humble page and article in their magazine. I actually still have that magazine somewhere. Next episode, Chapter 10, The Shadow of New Zeon. Josh Offshore learns of Cod's fate. While Iyer City falls, the new decides escape by the mass driver. Finally, Neo Zeon has entered the chat. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gundam Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gundam Sentinel Podcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Gundam Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, Please rate and give a review whatever it means you listen to this podcast and tell your Gundam-loving Otaku friends to check it out. Until next time.